Welcome to Clear Thinking Out Loud, written and narrated by Mark Tyrrell of Uncommon Knowledge. Hi, I'm Mark Tyrrell of Uncommon Knowledge, and welcome to three vital reasons to use hypnosis in psychotherapy. Why understanding this central tenet of human psychology is essential if you're to fulfill your potential as a therapist. Now, whenever anyone asks me why I use hypnosis in psychotherapy, I feel like a swimmer being asked why he feels the need to get into water to swim. Other than the reassuring for us hypnos research that found CBT therapy has a 70% better success rate when used with hypnosis for depressed people. There's a variety of positive reasons to introduce clinical hypnosis into your practice. And in fact, trying to do psychotherapy without working with a person's unconscious mind reminds me of this old tale. Once a man came across his neighbour down on his hands and knees in the road under a bright street lamp. And he said, what are you doing? And his neighbour replied, I'm looking for my key. And the man says, well, where did you lose your key? And the other man says, in my house. Then why in heaven's name are you searching for it out here? because there's much more light out here under the street lamp. Trying to work exclusively with the narrow beam of focus that is the conscious mind when solutions and potentially life-changing resources lie in the darkness of the unconscious mind is akin to what the man attempts to do in this story. But how, I hear you gasp, depending on how much you know about the central role of hypnotic trance, can I say that everyone should work with trance states? So reason number one, trance is natural and is all around us. In order to be able to use clinical hypnosis to help those suffering emotional or even physical problems, we need to be able to induce trance. But this is only possible because hypnotic trance is a natural part of the human experience. So hypnotic trance happens regardless of whether a person believes in it or not. You know, my belief or otherwise in jet planes has little bearing on my capacity to fly in one. Just as you don't have to believe in air or understand the properties of oxygen in order to breathe, your clients don't have to believe in hypnosis in order to benefit from it. Hypnotic trance is a continuum. We can be lightly entranced as when we forget our surroundings in the shopping mall as we daydream about some past love or we can be deeply entranced as when we completely forget our surroundings and fully believe in the contents of our imaginations when we dream at night. Few people consider dreaming to be a kind of hypnotic trance but in fact it has uncanny correlations with the hypnotic state. We all dream at night whether we remember the dreams or not we all use or misuse our imaginations. We all zone out sometimes or zone in when we go into a state of flow. We all learn without knowing how we learn something. We are all hypnotic creatures and hypnosis is central to human life. So that's my number one reason for using hypnosis in psychotherapy. It may not be natural, at least for most people, to consume medicines for emotional problems or to become as highly self-analytical as some schools of therapy require their clients to be but it is natural to enter hypnotic trance. Hypnosis, because it's natural, happens naturally all the time in life. We could even say that hypnosis is the optimum state of learning. Whenever we focus our attention strongly, we enter a kind of trance in which the mind is primed to make connections and build understanding. But if hypnosis is the most effective medium for learning, it can also work against us. So reason two, emotional problems are 
hypnotic disorders. So you'll often hear the term thought disorder, but many conditions, such as jealousy and depression, are fueled as much by what we imagine, the grim pictures we paint on the canvas of our minds, as by simple cognitions. We're hypnotic beings. We don't sit down and cognitively make efforts to learn, say, a phobia or trauma or a catastrophic fear of the future. These conditions and all other emotional problems are learned through a kind of hypnotic suggestion given not by a hypnotist, but by the circumstances of life itself. We could describe some experiences as hypnotists in that they make us suggestible. So, for example, during a traumatic experience, we enter trance by focusing incredibly narrowly on what's terrifying us. And this can even feel hypnotic or dream nightmare-like for people who often report you know, that everything seems to shift into slow motion during the emergency, during the trauma, uh, that everything feels unreal and so forth during such times. So later, a trigger in the environment can cause us to automatically revert to the original state of, of trauma. And clearly, this is much more akin to an instinctively conditioned post-hypnotic suggestion than a thought disorder. So the firework goes off and the traumatized veteran runs for cover. He spontaneously and hypnotically regresses to the battlefield. And pattern matching, a process that every psychotherapist should fully understand, happens when an environmental trigger pattern matches with an internal emotional or physiological pattern to produce an automatic response that occurs without the involvement of conscious thought. Many pattern matches are useful, of course. For example, it makes sense for us to automatically salivate when we're hungry and the smell of cooking comes our way. That's not a cognitive thing, that's an instinctive pattern matching process. The trouble is, we can also learn faulty pattern matches. Think fetishes, phobias and toxic relationship patterns. Hypnosis can alter these self-harming unconscious pattern matches. Now, extreme emotions, such as fear and anger, can certainly send a person into a hypnotic state by narrowly focusing their attention. Addiction also narrows the focus of attention to the point where time can seem to expand or contract and wider context is lost. Now, certainly addiction shares many features with hypnotic trance, but it's not just fear, anger and addiction that have strong hypnotic elements to them. Depressed people tend to focus their attention inwardly at the expense of outward reality. They also exhibit other hypnotic-like behaviours, such as activation of the imagination to perpetrate and maintain emotional states, such as fear or despondency, and even in extremely depressed people, catalepsy. Some depressed people, when they're not agitated and restless, show a kind of waxy immobility and glassy-eyedness. So catalepsy and immobility and so forth we see in the hypnotized subject as well. So these symptomatic trances are not purely cognitive processes. No traumatized veteran first thinks, oh, that firework noise reminds me of my wartime experiences, and then becomes terrified. Terror works quicker than the speed of thought, because it has to do with survival, and it does so through pattern matching which is an essentially a hypnotic phenomenon. So if a psychotherapist works with someone only at a cognitive level, they are hampered by a narrow therapeutic ideology. They, they miss out on a huge part of the human condition when seeking to help others. There is, though, an even more fundamental reason to use hypnosis as part of your therapy. So reason three, we need to look for solutions in the right place. Unless a psychotherapist has a sound psychological knowledge of practical psychological principles, including those relating to the hypnotic brain, 
their therapeutic progress will suffer. They may still affect powerful change in their clients, but they will be using one paddle to propel their boat rather than two or twenty. People often feel they have to change their negative thoughts in order to stop negative feelings. And there is some truth to this, you know, we need to become aware of our assumptions quite often. But where emotion is powerful and overwhelming, it's easier to change feelings first so that thoughts naturally shift towards more moderate and healthy patterns. Thoughts fall in, into line with feelings, so we don't always have to try to think differently in order to feel differently, but rather feel differently in order to think differently. So change the feelings and the thoughts change naturally. Because hypnosis works directly with the client's unconscious mind, skilled hypnotherapists find they can work with conditions we don't normally consider as being amenable to psychotherapeutic input, such as pain, high blood pressure, and immune-mediated disease. So hypnosis works directly with unconscious processes, including feelings. The scope of what we can do with hypnosis is almost endless, it seems. So it's important to be clear what we're trying to do when we do therapy. And let's just quickly take a broader overview of what that might mean. So why are we even doing this? The purpose of psychotherapy is sometimes assumed to be to find out why you have a problem. And it's true, you know, a client may feel better when they and their therapist come to feel they've identified causes to problems, or even the holy grail itself, the cause. But while some insight or theorizing might be useful, it's not at all the whole story. This kind of 19th century rationalist take on human emotional experience has severe limitations. You know, it's not enough to know or think we know why someone became traumatized or depressed or where it all started can be useful, but more useful is stopping it. You know, so it kind of sounds obvious. So, you know, but so much therapy still seems to be heavily focused on the why, sometimes to the exclusion of all else. I've so often heard people say variations of the following. Even after long-term therapy, they might say something like, you know, I at least know why I have those panic attacks now, but I still have the panic attacks. Okay. Now, if a man knows he's lost his key in his house, but still stays out in the street, very li little actual progress can be made. Just because he knows where the problem of the missing key originated doesn't automatically mean he's going to solve that problem. So just finding out why is a bit of a therapeutic dead end. But there's something else really important here. We never use hypnosis to try to uncover or discover memories that weren't accessible to begin with. Why? Because of the terrible abuses, usually caused through psychological ignorance, that were wrought during the 1980s and 1990s. And during this time, recovering memories had become a kind of fad. The extent of illusory memories was terrifying. You know, so innocent people were accused of all kinds of terrible things, based merely on memories that had been created in the therapy room. Okay. So memory doesn't work like that, and the risk of uncovering fake memories or manufacturing them is huge and well documented, as I'm, I'm sure you know. But we do use clinical hypnosis to help people access resourceful states while overcoming limitations. What you focus your attention on and how determines the quality of your life. Your beams of light, your focus of attention, how we attend to the world is, of course, vital. What we focus on determines who we are, what we learn and become, and the very life we lead. 
Some, a tiny part of the way we attend, is conscious. I'm aware of the words I'm speaking right now, believe it or not, but even then it's not so much the individual words as the flow of meaning I'm, a, I'm attempting to convey to you. Some of our awareness is less conscious. Okay. I, I'm only uh, consciously aware of the sensation of my feet on the floor when I pay attention to that. Okay. Um, I'm, uh, you know, this is something that skips into conscious awareness from unconscious awareness when I apply my conscious focus on it. But a part of me was aware of the sensation of my feet touching the floor. I just wasn't directing my conscious awareness to those sensations before. It was an unconscious awareness. Uh, you have awareness right now of the sensation of wearing clothes, assuming you're dressed. But that awareness probably wasn't conscious until I prompted you to focus your beam of consciousness onto the sensation of your top against your skin. The unconscious pops into the conscious, but it goes deeper than that as well, you know, much deeper. Vast areas of our experience remain unconscious and will never be conscious. Every second, our five senses take in an estimated 11 million pieces of information. We know this because scientists have painstakingly counted the receptor cells on each sense organ and the nerves that connect them to the brain. Yet we can only consciously process about, uh, about 40 bits of information a second. So what this means is that large parts of our experience are unavoidably unconscious and always will be. Hypnosis can facilitate changes on the unconscious level more easily and naturally than other therapeutic methods. And if we intend to work with the whole person as much as possible, this must necessarily include the vast areas of the human being that are outside of, and in some ways much more than, mere conscious cognition. So, I use hypnosis psychotherapeutically because we are as much hypnotic beings as cognitive and behavioural ones, perhaps more fundamentally so. Emotional conditions always have hypnotic elements to them, and it makes sense to treat a hypnotic condition with hypnosis. Much of our experience is and will always be beyond conscious awareness. Hypnosis can help tap into the huge reservoir of unconscious resources. The skilled use of clinical hypnosis can help reach parts of the mind that other therapies cannot reach. But of course hypnosis itself isn't a therapy, no more, to refer back to my opening analogy, than water itself is a sport or a mode of transportation. It all depends of course on how we relate to water and how we use hypnosis. Hypnosis can be a delivery method, a delivery system for psychotherapy, making it much more powerful. Hypnosis then can be used to deliver therapy in a highly effective and natural way. And apart from overwhelming supporting research for hypnotic efficacy, we intuitively know that the key to accessing powerful parts of the mind doesn't always lie within the narrow beam of conscious awareness, as you can observe in the many live therapy sessions in Uncommon Practitioners TV. Hypnosis is a powerful natural medium that can be used to achieve therapeutic work by helping unconscious processes directly. So I hope you found that useful. I'm Mark Terrell of Uncommon Knowledge, and if you'd like to subscribe to my email newsletter, you can find it over at unk.com blog. That's unk.com blog.